Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023, I wish you a very happy, happy, happy National Cranberry Relish Day. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. And before we get any further, I must wish you a happy Thanksgiving. You may be listening to this show preparing for Thanksgiving festivities. You may be listening to this show dreaming of of turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and, and sweet potato pie or whatever the case may be. Look... Thanksgiving is one of the best holidays. I would say it is the best holiday of the year. So I'm in a great mood, as should you be. But even if you aren't excited about Thanksgiving, which for whatever reason that may be, that could be valid, what you can be excited for is Ohio State's huge monstrosity of a game coming up this weekend. And no, that is not the game that the football team plays on Saturday. That is Ohio State taking on Alabama on Friday night to kick off the Emerald Coast Classic, this time taking place in Florida as Ohio State hosted its first game in this somewhat tournament in Columbus after beating Western Michigan. So today's show, we of course are going to go in-depth on Alabama. But before we can go in-depth on the team and the offense, the defense, the matchup, things like that, we need to go in-depth on Alabama because their numbers this year are downright gaudy. And simply saying that, you probably would think, oh, their numbers are probably pretty good. If you're familiar with Parks and Rec, let me give you an example. So you may not be familiar, and I'll paint a picture. There's no spoiler alerts here. I'm just, I, just let me paint this picture real quick, okay? So Ron Swanson, one of the main characters on the show, I don't remember exactly what happens, but he gets to this small diner late at night. And he asked the waiter to bring him all of the eggs and all of the bacon and all of the steaks, something like that. And now what he repeats to the waiter or waitress, I don't remember who is taking his order, but he says, what I think, what, what I think you heard me say was bring me a lot of eggs and steak and bacon. But what I really mean is bring me literally every unit of steak, bacon, and eggs that you have, and I will eat all of it. Speaking of that, to to relate it to Alabama, you may think that by me saying they have gaudy stats that, oh, they're really good offensively, they're really good defensively, they have a couple really elite metrics. No. What I mean by that is they are elite almost literally everywhere. However, has the competition been that great? We're going to find out. So we'll delve into their schedule and their resume overall. Then, of course, we'll go into the offensive preview against Ohio State, the defensive matchup of Alabama against Ohio State. We'll get into some predictions, keys to the game, some banger bets to keep an eye out for, and then we'll close off with some final thoughts here. So let's determine, is Alabama and their schedule real to start the year. Let me tell you something that isn't real. I, I'm just I'm going with some references to start the show, so you'll just have to stick with me here. But there's a trend going on in television advertising right now, and it comes around 
every single year around this time where you get into the Black Friday, the Christmas advertising where the, you, you'll see these brand new cars with a bow on top and there's snow everywhere and there's, there's flurries falling from the sky and everyone just feels so warm and cozy because you just paid $70,000 for a new Mercedes and you've got a brand new $700 car payment to deal with every month. Far be it from me to judge you for that. But one one little storyline, I guess you could say, that, that these brands love to layer in is essentially these seven, eight-year-old girls and boys are just so, so thrilled that daddy got mommy a brand new Audi for Christmas. I don't know about you, but when I was seven, eight, nine years old, all I wanted was, I don't know, a new game for my Xbox or something like that. I don't even remember what else I would have wanted. Maybe a new basketball, football. I don't know. I was a sporty little kid. What can I say? Maybe you were the same. I personally don't believe that it's real that children just get all giddy and warm inside when their parents buy cars for one another. Sometimes you'll even have two. A mom will buy a new Chevy Silverado for a dad, and then the dad will buy a new Chevy Silverado for the mom. This show, not sponsored by Chevy Silverados, probably could be. But you understand my point here. The sentiment is that I don't believe that's real. I don't think that happens in real life. But apparently some focus groups have led these these car manufacturers, these brands, to believe that it is real. Well, something that is actually real and doesn't need to be focus grouped is Alabama this season. Let's take a look at their schedule, and then let me explain to you why this team is a force to be reckoned with. So, last season, Alabama was the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. We, of course, remember that. They are led by Brandon Miller. A complete offensive and a complete defensive team was Alabama. Now, heading into this season, here's who they played, and here are the scores. Moorhead State, win, 105-73. to Indiana State, win, 102-80. to South Alabama, win, 102-46. to they more than doubled up South Alabama. Mercer win 98 to 67. So in Alabama's last game, they're 4-0 right now, in their last game against Mercer, it was the first time all season in which they did not score 100 points or more. Or I guess I should say, to be more specific, 102 points or more. They scored 105 102, 102, and 98. Now, the good thing is, for Ohio State, the offensive production is technically trending downward. So there is that. But regardless, Alabama is doing what they should be doing right now. Moorhead State, as of recording, 199th in Ken Palm. Indiana State, as of recording, 95th in Ken Palm. Right in line with Minnesota. Actually, several spots ahead of Minnesota. Continue to catch strays, Minnesota. Sorry. South Alabama, 173rd in Ken Palm. And Mercer, 248th in Ken Palm. Now, just because this team hasn't been tested yet doesn't mean that what they are doing isn't impressive. Here's the example I'll give. To this point, Alabama, they haven't been tested. They haven't even been quizzed. It's been open book test with unlimited time to finish for Alabama so far this season. But 
Here's the caveat. Adjusted strength of schedule, according to Ken Palm, Alabama is 299th this season. Ohio State, even with a game against Texas A&M, is 291st. So what I will say about Alabama's resume to start, they haven't been tested yet. They will be tested. They'll be tested by Ohio State. They've got Clemson coming up after that. They'll have another game on Saturday, depending on if they win or lose, who they play, yet to be determined. They'll play Purdue. They'll play Creighton. They'll play Arizona back to back to back. Then they will have Liberty on the schedule. Fair enough. And I think they might have Washington State as well, which is fine. So good for Bama. So they haven't been tested yet. You can't punish a team that hasn't been tested yet. That You could make the exact same argument for Ohio State football this season, I would assume, until they had played Notre Dame. Fans said they hadn't played anyone yet, so they can't win the game. Well, that's not really relevant, is it? And then the exact same thing for the Penn State game and the exact same thing for this game this weekend. Of course, Ohio State football has been tested to this point, but you can't blame them for not being tested yet. Exact same thing with Bama. So their adjusted strength of schedule sucks. So does Ohio State's, but what Alabama has done, its body of work, very, very impressive. Right now, they're number six in Ken Palm. They're number 17 in the AP poll, which just continues to be useless. You want me to believe that North Carolina, Texas, after getting clobbered by UConn, Miami, they're better than Alabama at this point in the season? No. Thank you, AP poll, for continuing to be completely useless. The number two in net ratings, 49.3 net rating is fourth in the NCAA as well. Those are two different metrics for what it's worth. But at this point, the stats speak for themselves. If you go out and you put up basically 100 points or more in four games to start the year, I'm going to be impressed. So speaking of that offense, let's get into previewing this Alabama offense right now. So let me just begin by saying this. Your head is going to spin looking at an overview of their metrics. So they're number one in the nation in offensive rating, 142.3. Offensive rating, as a reminder, is points per 100 possessions. So per every 100 possessions, they're scoring 142.3 points. That is insane. They're number one in points per game, as expected. They're number two in effective field goal percentage. Let me just rattle off all of the elite metrics and marks that they have right now. And by elite, I'm saying 90th percentile or better. So elite in, offensive rating, effective field goal percentage, offensive rebounding percentage, free throw attempt rate, field goal percentage, two-point percentage, three-point percentage, fast break points, points in the paint, points off turnovers, true shooting percentage, personal fouls drawn per game. That's 12, according to my count, as I was counting on my, my hands and I ran out of fingers because as do most custom humans, customary humans, we have 10 fingers, ran out of fingers. That is insane. This offense is going to give every single defense they play nightmares. It's extremely good. And again, I get it. They haven't played the quality of team that you would like to see a team like Alabama play before the its fifth game of the season. But they've done what they had to do. As far as the, the team offense overall, then I'll get into some players or I might intertwine this a little bit. But this is a really, really heavy pick and roll team. 
They're they're heavy on the pick and roll. You'll see them play some five out motion as well. They've got a bunch of blue chip athletes on this team. Bama, they're willing to let one guy just work and completely space the floor. And when you have the blue chip talent combined with one guy who can work, it puts a lot of pressure on each individual defender because the spacing is so good. For example, if Roddy Gale gets beat on the ball on Friday night, the help defense, number one, if they can even get there, they're probably going to be late on the rotation. And then from there, the rotation is late. You can hit a three from the corner. You can drive. You can kick. You can pass. You can drive and kick again until you get an open shot. And this team, again, is just full of athletes and full of a couple guys who can shoot the three ball this year, which we'll talk about in a second. But this offense is extremely difficult to defend. It's much more similar to what I would say to an NBA offense in that you can go five out, you can space the floor, you can kind of get away with some ISO with some pick and rolls, and Alabama's not the fastest-paced team out there. Let me find that number for you real quick in case you're curious. Curious. Their pace this year is 78th percentile, so it's above average in terms of how many shots they're getting up, but it's still not the fastest out there, but regardless... They will look to simply isolate you, beat your guy, and as you help and as you rotate, they're going to attack that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the keys to the game here. But Alabama's offense is extremely difficult to guard, and it all starts with Mark Sears. Mark Sears is averaging 19.5 points per game, 64.7 from the field this season. Field goal percentage, 66.7% from the three-point line. 4.5 assists per game, 4.8 rebounds per game. So Mark Sears is averaging 25-5 and right now. This is a player playing point guard for Alabama. He's going to take most of his shots at the rim. He is incredibly slippery, incredibly effective at the rim. 62% of his field goals have been at the rim this season, and his field goal percentage at the rim this season is also 62%. So about three out of every five shots from the field that Mark Sears is going to take will be directly at the rim. Not even in the paint, but at the rim. And by the way, he's still ex- effective shooting from deep. He's 8 out of 12 from the high, behind the three-point line this year. So even though he is taking most of his shots at the rim in the paint, he can still hit the three. And on top of the scoring ability that he has, incredible playmaker. He, he's got some frightful shiftiness with the ball, passes that are out of this world. Again, just incredibly athletic. This is a player who we pl- who will be playing at the next level in the NBA. Most likely next season, I would assume a team is going to say, yeah, we'd like him on our roster. So Mark Sears is where everything starts for them. If you just go look up Mark Sears highlights or you go watch a few minutes of Alabama playing in any of their first four games this year, You're going to see Mark Sears slashing to the basket, being able to get shots up, being able to finish against guys who are much bigger than him and would be presumably stronger. Mark Sears could end up being the best player Ohio State plays this year. I thought it was going to be Wade Taylor the fourth. Sears could be up there. And don't get me started on Zach Eady. Other players that we'll mention offensively for Alabama, Aaron Estrada. He's averaging 15.3 points per game, three assists per game two steals per game and shooting 56.3% from behind the three-point line. 
He is Alabama's biggest three-point shooting threat, and yet at the same time, he can slice to the rim just like Sears. So the the issue when guarding teams like this, when it's Mark Sears, when it's Aaron Estrada, is you can go ahead and you can put your feet behind the three-point line and you can dare them to shoot. But they'll shoot it and they'll make it more often than not. Literally, both of these players, more often than not, are making three-pointers this season on their attempts. The other thing that you have to look out for is, okay, we're going to take away the three. We're going to step up. We're going to body you up. We're going to play you real close. They can drive. They can take a baseline. They can they can take you into the paint, and they can go get a bucket. Both of those players, very similar in that way. Mark Sears is the better of the two, in my opinion. But regardless, both of them super, super versatile, and it's allowed Alabama to just get out to huge leads on teams this season in three or four games. They've essentially ended the game within 10 minutes left to go in the first half. And then the other player I'll mention, Nick Pringle. I don't know if I should be mentioning him offensively or defensively. I'm actually going to talk about him a little bit on the defensive segment as well. But Felix Akpara is a super comparable player to Nick Pringle. He loves to set a screen on the ball, roll to the rim, and finish lobs. Just like Felix Akpara for Ohio State. Nick Pringle, very similar guy in terms of his frame, in terms of his his height and his weight and his wingspan, all those different types of things, and his play style. He's going to be the type of guy who's going to try to finish a couple of alley-oops in this one for sure, off the pick and roll. So just be watching for that as well. So that's Alabama offensively. They're elite. This is a team, again, that the numbers that they're getting, that would be difficult to do against a D2 team, a D3 team, playing against air, playing against a high school JV team. It doesn't matter. The shooting metrics, the effective field goal percentage, the fast break points, all of those different types of numbers, very, very difficult to do that on a consistent basis. And the fast break points are one other thing that I can mention here. Alabama loves loves to score on the fast break. They're averaging 19 points per game on fast break. Again, that is elite production. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Not the fastest offense, but they will get moving. They love to push the pace on a defensive rebound. They're sprinting down the floor, trying to find a a mismatch or some kind of disadvantage to take advantage of. So Alabama offensively is going to give Ohio State fits. It's going to come down to Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale. Roddy Gale has been, I hate to say it, offensively, he's been incredible. Defensively, he's been a liability on the ball, off the ball for Ohio State this year. He has got to play and bring his all against Mark Sears or Aaron Estrada, whoever he will be guarding. It's going to come down to him being able to make some stops in this one. Evan Mahaffey probably not going to guard Sears or Estrada, I would assume. I could be wrong, though. I don't know what Chris Holtman's plan is, but... The, the defenders are going to have to be able to take care uh, of the ball behind the three-point line, stop penetration, be able to deflect passes, and not allow these kickouts and these driving lanes to be open. So it's going to be an issue for Ohio State. We'll see how they take care of it. Now defensively for Alabama, some pretty good numbers. Not as good offensively, but still really good. 93 Defensive rating, exactly, that's solid. Allowing 66.5 points per game, that's solid. 44.6% effective field goal percentage, that's solid 
as well. Now, as a team, I think there's one player that they can dominate, and I'll get that into that in a second. But as a team, I've seen them have a little bit of a tendency to just simply beat themselves. You'll see, especially in the game against Mercer, for example, a lot of points off of a combination of goaltending, foul shots, getting out of position, rather than the offense just simply beating them. Felt like Alabama was beating itself against Mercer at times. They're not necessarily slow when it comes to rotating, but seems like they're a step behind on on passes in all four games this season, and that's led to openings and good looks as well. So it feels like defensively, they have the athletes. They have the guys to be able to do it. Are, are they giving up? Are they not giving 100% effort on the defensive end of the ball? I don't know if that's the case, but there's just something that's not quite clicking there. So as you look at Alabama as an offensive team, you get really afraid. As you look at Alabama as a defensive team, the metrics are still really, really good, but I think this is the the side of the ball where you have the potential to beat them. They're also a phenomenal defensive rebounding team. The defensive rebounding production has been solid all year. They're averaging 31 defensive rebounds per game. Grant Nelson, transfer coming into Alabama in his first year. He's been a big part of that. Sears, Estrada, they both rebound really, really well at the guard position. Those are pretty much their three leaders rebounding. Of course, you never want to hear that when you're talking about Ohio State taking on a team where their guards are really good at rebounding because we saw what Texas A&M did and the frustration that they gave to the Buckeyes and their fans in that game where they just continued to dominate the offensive class. This is on the defensive rebounding side of the ball, but Steers and Estrada, they're able to go pull down a bunch of rebounds. Grant Nelson typically just puts himself in a good position to grab the ball and goes from there. What I will say, for Alabama, no, there, there's no no zone on the floor as well that, that will bode well for an offense. Teams are very bad shooting threes from the corner. They're pretty bad shooting from mid-range, and they're relatively bad in the paint and at the top of the key. Not sure where the Buckeyes are going to be able to consistently score from in this one. This is something that I will look to as I put together some banger bets. There's... No area right now where teams are even average shooting in terms of shooting zones against Alabama so far this season. So that's going to be an area of concern as well. Now, in terms of players defensively, I'm going to save the best for last year. I would, I would encourage you to, to wait on this. I'm going to start with Aaron Estrada. So he's leading the team in steals. He's got nine this season, a 5.3% steal percentage. That is elite. Ryan Griffin as well. Didn't mention him offensively. I'm mentioning him defensively. I mean, he can knock down some threes. He's got good shooting metrics so far this season. But what's most impressive about him is he's played 84 minutes this year. That's fourth on the team. In his 84 minutes, he has zero fouls. He has not committed a single foul this year while having the fourth most minutes on the team. So that's worth mentioning as well. Probably not going to beat him. One player that you can beat, however, and this is what I would recommend, if there's a huge takeaway, if there's something that you need to be keying in on for this game on Friday, as you're watching, it should be this. Grant Nelson, okay? So he comes in and he transfers to Alabama. He gets some SEC preseason accolades. He's one of the top transfers in all of college basketball heading into this season. He's been really, really good on the defensive glass. Like I said, 5.8 D 
defensive rebounds per game. I think a lot of those balls just kind of have fallen to his lap. From what I've seen, he's just been in good position. I think he can be boxed out and he can be moved out of the paint. But Grant Nelson, what he brings offensively, he's pretty versatile. He's got great size. I think he's 6'11". Defensively, what I've seen in four games, he's slow to fight through screens. He doesn't force a lot of steals. And in just four games, you could create at least an appetizer, maybe not a a main course, but at least an appetizer of a mixtape of Nelson just getting shook defensively. He's not a good on-ball defender in the slightest. So if you're seeing Roddy Gale on Grant Nelson one-on-one, if you're seeing Bruce Thornton on Grant Nelson one-on-one, Jameson Battle, Dale Bonner, if Chris Holtman happens to be on the floor one-on-one against Grant Nelson, I'm saying there's at least a 50-50 shot that Chris Holtman can score on him. Let him cook. Roddy, Bruce, Jameson, Dale, doesn't matter. Let him cook if you get Grant Nelson on him. This is the matchup to watch for for Ohio State offensively where you're worried about how good Alabama is. You're worried about how much they can score. You're worried about where the points are going to come from from Ohio State in this one. It's going to come from Grant Nelson. I don't know who he's going to guard. No clue. I'm going to have to look into some notes later on and hopefully put together a banger bet for whoever we can project Grant Nelson to be guarding. But he has been very, very porous. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking getting shook, like a crossover, a hesitation move, and he's on his heels. And then he's stepping up and he's just so slow moving his feet. You can beat Grant Nelson. You can. You simply can. Will Ohio State get the chance to? I think so. Again, if you've got a one-on-one matchup, you should be going four out. You're taking Zed or you're taking Felix and putting them on one block. I'm not even setting a screen. I'm just letting them cook. That's a huge area of opportunity for Ohio State in this one. So defensively, Alabama, they are what they are. They have crushed really, really bad teams this year. Their numbers are not as good offensively as they are defensively, but If their numbers were average offensively, we'd be talking about how great of a defensive team this is. It's just they're getting overshadowed by their offensive numbers. It's going to be a tough team to beat, but the one player that you can't beat is Grant Nelson. So before we get into our predictions for the game, of course, I've got to talk to you about college basketball analytics. I would recommend that you go to CBB Analytics right now. As long as you are not driving or it's not unsafe for you to type in cbbanalytics.com, do it. Go to cbbanalytics.com, search for Ohio State, and take a look at the numbers that you can get simply for free. Now, if you create an account, you can use the code SHOT, that's S-C-H-O-T-T. Use the code SHOT to get an entire month free, and you can poke around at all the numbers that Ohio State has access to as they prepare for their game against Alabama. College basketball coaches, video teams, scouting departments, are using college basketball analytics to self-scout to get prepared for their next game. NBA scouts are using college basketball analytics as well in order to scout out players who are making their transition into the NBA. And you can have access to the most in-depth stats that are valued at a very, very high level by everyone in major basketball associations. Go to cbbanalytics.com, use the code SHOT, S-C. H-O-T-T to get an entire month free and get access to the exact same stats that all the basketball experts have access to. So 
Predictions, I want to start with keys to the game here, as we always do. Let me back it up, actually, and, and we'll talk about banger bets for a second. So numbers typically don't come out until about 24 hours before a game goes off. And and I'm not I rarely am I going to record a preview episode at the time in which numbers are available. So because of that, I've got no banger bets right now. Here's what I'm going to recommend. Make sure you're following at the shop pod on Twitter and on Instagram. You can turn notifications on because in every single game so far, when we've called a bet and when we've placed one, we've seen movement either on the odds that have been disadvantaged disadvantageous to you if you're late or the number changes altogether we've seen that with bruce thornton points we've seen that with spreads especially so i recommend that you're following at the shot pod on twitter so that you don't miss these should you be interested in tailing we're five out of seven this year it's been incredible we're very happy with those numbers hopefully we can make some more money if you're into that, and I hope that you're doing it responsibly just as an entertainment factor and not for income. Because if you're doing it for, for income, I highly am against it. Just do it for fun. So that's a note on Banger Bets. Let's get into the keys of the game before I give some predictions and final thoughts. So number one, Ohio State is going to need to protect paint dump-offs. So I mentioned this as I went through the offense. Alabama loves to run pick and roll. They love to run a five-out motion. Now, a major component of this is the ability to drive the ball and then dump it off to the weak side block. So you will a lot of times see Mark Sears have the ability to drive to the rim. He may get trapped. There may be nothing there. And then he'll just give a little touch pass. He'll just give a little bounce pass off the hip, off to a center or to a forward who can then finish in the paint. It's it's multiple times this year led to easy layups and dunks. It's just an incredible savvy passing and in moving offense is Alabama. So Ohio State is going to especially need to make sure that they are protecting the paint dump offs. There will be easy buckets for Alabama. Alabama is another team that loves to score in the paint. If you can protect those weak side, those backside dump offs, you're going to have a chance to at least stay competitive with Alabama. Number two, key to the game. Make someone other than Mark Sears beat you. Literally any anyone but him. I don't care if it's Aaron, Aaron Estrada. I don't care if it is Grant Nelson. It doesn't matter. But Mark Sears has the ability to do literally everything on the floor. He can score in the paint. He can shoot threes. He's a good free throw shooter. He can distribute the ball. He can rebound the ball. If you can simply contain Mark Sears and force someone else to be a focal point, you are yet again going to have a chance in this one. And the last key to the game I will give is limit fast break points. Like I said before, Alabama is averaging 19.3 points per game on fast breaks this season. That ranks 8th in the NCAA. Only 7 teams are scoring more points per game on fast breaks than Alabama this season. Mark Sears, Aaron Estrada, they're the focal point here. Whoever's getting the rebound, the outlet pass, are the passes are approaching the half court line, and then from there, Alabama is sprinting. They're getting into their lanes. They're finding the open men. They're, they're sprinting to the hoop and getting a layup or a dunk, or they're kicking it out for a three, 
Ohio State is going to have to get back. Defensively, they're going to have to sprint back. If you're getting lazy, if you're a step slow, there should be a short leash for you in this one. You've got to make sure that you are valuing the ability to get back and to slow Alabama's offense down and not get easy buckets on fast breaks. So that's going to be something else to watch for as well. So the three keys to the game for this one, Ohio State needs to protect the paint dump-offs. They need to make someone other than Mark Sears beat you, and they've got to limit the fast break points. So final thoughts on this one. I think, first of all, Felix Akpara is likely to get more run in this one, matching up against Nick Pringle. Like I said, Pringle's super long. He's listed at 6'9". He looks taller than 6'9". His wingspan is definitely disproportionate to 6'9", and in a good way for Pringle. Very, very long. Like I said, his his frame is very, very similar to Akpara, although he'll carry more muscle than both Key and Akpara. Pringle's averaging 8.3 points per game. He's going to look to score all his points in the paint. Good rebounder on the offensive glass as well. And he's really quick for his size. I mean, he, if you're going to see, I I mentioned this earlier, you're going to have a mismatch advantage for Ohio State. Grant Nelson, whoever he is guarding, whether it be on the wing, at the three-point line, it doesn't matter. You're going to have the chance to cook him. From what I've seen, Nick Pringle is a better on-ball defender than Grant Nelson. And... Similar size for sure, but you wouldn't expect that out of a guy out of a guy who's a traditional center. He's really quick. He can move laterally. So if you see Bruce Thornton on or Nick Pringle on Bruce Thornton in this one, and, and Thornton isn't able to shake him, and you're like, come on, our point guard can't shake their center. That's embarrassing. Well, not so fast. Nick Pringle is really skilled actually moving laterally. And overall, just to sum everything up. I don't care that Alabama hasn't played anyone this year. This team is legit. Coming into this season, I said Texas A&M was going to be the most difficult team that Ohio State would have to play. I'm not so sure anymore. And I think, I'm also not sure that Ohio State matches up any better with Alabama than they did Texas A&M. I thought this team would take a step back. You lose Brandon Miller, the number two pick in the NBA draft. Doesn't matter. Nate Oates, head coach for Alabama, has done a spectacular job of getting more talent on the team. The transfer portal, freshman class, was was pretty good as well. He's essentially copy and pasted the offensive and defensive production from last season, which was elite, and he's pasted it into this season. So Ohio State, as well, has had the chance to beat up on lesser opponents. They haven't done it to the scale that Alabama has. So it's hard for me to be able to pick Ohio State in this one. I think Alabama has the potential to run away with this one, unfortunately. I think Alabama is a really, really good team. And after the game, if Ohio State does lose, whether they lose by one point or by 15 points, it doesn't matter. The Chris Holtman haters will come out. The Ohio State basketball haters and loathers will come out and say, man, we're so used to mediocrity and we're fine with being average and we're never going to beat the good teams. Well, it is just one game after all. So, Slow your roll a little bit. Let's not overreact, but I know that's hard to do as Ohio State fans. But it's the truth. Whether Ohio State wins this game or not, Alabama is a spectacular team that very well, very well could be making a run for a number one overall seed by the time this season is over. I don't think Texas A&M necessarily has that firepower. I think Texas A&M can make it to the Final Four for sure. But for an entire regular season, I'm not sure they can pull a one seed. Alabama 100% could. They've got the athletes. They're complete. They've got pretty good depth. 
this is a very good team that Ohio State is going to be taking on and potentially the best team they play all year other than maybe Purdue. So as we head into this game, it's going to come down to can Roddy Gale stay hot? Can he go out and score? Can he rebound? Can he distribute the ball? Can Bruce Thornton hit some threes? Can a Scotty Middleton or a Dale Bonner step up? Someone like that who has been averaging three, four, five, six points per game this year, but can they get an extra bucket or two and help out? And can Felix Akpara be big in this one? Can he block some shots? Can he muck up the paint? Can he keep Alabama and deter them from getting into the paint and scoring? If Akpara can do that, he's going to be a huge asset in this game for Ohio State, and he may be the most important player for Ohio State in this one. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But for now, those are going to be my thoughts on Ohio State's matchup with Alabama. It is such, this is such an underrated week of sports. I would I would assert that it is the most underrated sports week of the year, is Thanksgiving week. You've got, obviously, college basketball is feast week, where you've got Maui and the Emerald Coast Classic and all these different tournaments that are going on. You've got games going on on Monday, Tuesday, throughout the day, Wednesday, Thursday, throughout the day. It's beautiful. You've got Thanksgiving football. You've got rivalry week in college, uh, college football as well. So it's a great week for sports in general. Win or lose, we're going to do our best to enjoy this Ohio State game against Alabama. So I appreciate you listening. If you don't mind, if you haven't already, if you're here through this show all the way to the end, thank you so much. Please subscribe. It won't do anything other than have these episodes in your feed when you're ready for them. It's completely free. We take none of your data. It's nothing like that. And it helps out the show. We've had great numbers. We hope the numbers continue to surge. Please be a part of that. And by the way, if you made it all the way through, can you just like the tweet that I sent out pasting this episode, making sure that you can listen to it? That would be great as well because it will get it out to more people. So again, thank you for listening today to this preview show. I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.